do we do this in takes or just you know? No, just uh, I'll ask you and then. I'll we'll, we'll um, my rhymes. If you ever want me to edit something, I can. So. Okay. <clears throat> we are at Doc Train West 2008, and I am talking with Nas Urbina. Uh, Nas, can you tell me what what your keynote address was about, and just give some details on it? Uh, okay, Tom. Um, my keynote at this conference was about the uh, Living Multiple Lives, the new technical communicator. And it's really, it really was a state of the nation kind of reviewing what's happening in the technical communications marketplace and how the role of the technical, technical communicator has evolved uh, and is continuing to evolve almost exponentially. So what we're seeing is a huge uh, diversity of roles coming out of what was the tech author, tech writer tech pubs department and how that skill set and the diverse skill sets that a technical communicator has had historically is now being applied in different departments, different workflows, and different points all along the product development life cycle. So what are some of these roles that, that technical writers are taking upon themselves that maybe they weren't in the past? Well, a lot of it has to do with um, their awareness of user needs and requirements. So they're moving up the food chain in terms of now representing the client into the development cycle. So they're interacting more with R&D to say um, what kind of feedback they're getting. They're reviewing user interfaces. They're uh, getting involved in user interaction design more than ever before. Also, um, as the technologies of technical communication have advanced, the publishing chain is no longer out. We're not, we're not publishing anymore the way that we used to. We're entering into, with social media, Web 2.0, dynamic publishing, uh, a conversant publishing with the user. So the content itself can be commented on. They can be direct feedback associated with a, a single procedure, a single topic, a single um, piece of information. Therefore, now the technical communicator is, in a sense, the, the key holder on a pipeline in of customer data, which is essential to product development, which is essential to the business's profitability and advancement of the product. So therefore, instead of just kind of giving the manual, which goes in the box, because they have to, now the technical communicator has a, a conversation going with the client post-sale to see where their problems are, to see how their customer experience has been with the, with the product over time. And because that conversation is, is intimate about the details of the customer uh, experience with the technology, then that it becomes very valuable data. And the, instead of a cost center, now we're seeing tech comms as a potential revenue stream. You're seeing that as key to advancement of the product and, and the business overall. A light bulb just came on in my head. So, so as technical writers, um, engage in these web 2.0 mediums, they're interfacing more directly with the customers and they're getting more feedback on usability, on business process requirements for the customers and therefore the tech writer is no longer just a writer, he or she is kind of guiding what the product, product should be. What, what, kinds of, uh, what kinds of feedback mechanisms or, or channels with the customer are working well? Well, the, the big ones today, you're going to hear about wikis and blogs constantly. Those are the big the sort of front runners. Um, there's the opportunity now also to take that further with dynamic uh, environments, electronic web 2.0 environments. The, as I said, the manual itself can be contributed to by the in the field. So your ability, if you have a topic-based um, uh, manual, if you have a topic-based content set, and users can annotate 
and add topics into that pool, you're able to absorb that back. And uh, we're seeing not only from the, the customer, let's say the end customer, internal customers are finding that very useful. So a lot of organizations are still very cagey about user-generated content, hosting user-generated content themselves because they feel culpable. They feel it opens them up to all sorts of liabilities. Medical devices is not happy with that. Um, any sort of security or defense manufacturers are not happy with that. So if you want to take a halfway step, what I'm seeing now with my clients um, in that kind of industry, they have very large support and service organizations, hundreds of people. An organization that's got 20 authors can have 500, 800 service personnel who are constantly using that content and constantly adding to that content. We had a client um, that I was with last month that had 17 databases of engineering content generated from various sources, R&D, the, the support team, the field engineers themselves who are working in the actual equipment. And all of them, they're writing procedures, they're writing uh, reference materials for themselves, and they're exchanging it. But they're not l interacting with the technical communicators. They're not sharing that content. It's not going back up the food chain. So the, ones, the companies that are uh, doing it well are implementing that backwards flow of, of content wherever it came from should get back to source that it gets reintegrated into the into the product and to the content set that's being published. So apart from wikis, what other kinds of tools enable communicators to get that backward source of inflow? Um, I know that Flare has a little interactive component, but mm -hmm. I'm not aware of other means of, of getting it back. So maybe you could talk about that. I try to stay away from uh, specific technologies too much. I personally don't mind what tools or technologies are being used. The thing about Web 2.0, there's nothing new about it. There's nothing, there is no Web 2.0 technology per se. It's that Web 2.0 is the application and the mindset uh, in terms of how technologies that we already had are being, now being applied differently. So you can just be talking about JavaScript and HTML. I don't mind. The question is, does your delivery mechanism uh, support that kind of backwards communication. If you want to use Air, or you want to use uh, RoboHelp Server, or you want to use Madcap, or you want to use um, a Flex, or whatever technology, the point is, whatever you published, does it take, or does it just give? So if a technical writer is playing all these different roles, you, you're suddenly getting feedback that you have to integrate, or try to convince the project team to integrate, and, and do other kinds of answer questions that users are asking. Mm -hmm. uh, it seems like you run out of time to write the actual material. So how does a technical writer manage to wear all these multiple hats and still be getting the job done? What we're seeing now, we have uh, organizations where the writing, the sourcing of content is becoming less of the technical writer's job. So what the technical writer does is instead uh, in, in a lot of the organizations which we feel have kind of got it. What the technical writer does is not generate as much content. They aggregate, synthesize, and improve content. So engineers are writing it, service and support are writing it, the users are writing it. What the technical writer does is applies document um, architecture, content architecture onto, sorry. So what I was saying is what we're seeing in the industry is that the technical author uh, it, the emphasis moving a bit from generation of content uh, to uh, setting up workflows where 
content is sourced and transferred to the technical author for synthesis more efficiently. So instead of there being a spec which has been written completely, uh, you know, with with no intention of being flowed through, now the spec writing and the and the information architecture of the specifications has been contributed to by the author. Therefore, it's more ready to flow directly into the author's workflow. There's a format issue. So companies that are, are, are not using structure, if you've got something like Word and FrameMaker as the two tools of choice, you may have issues there. And that, that's a technical boundary, which has to be addressed uh, with a cost-benefit analysis. But the point is, the content is being generated in R&D. It's being generated by support. It's being generated by the field engineers or by the users themselves. And what the author's uh, discipline and expertise adds is the organization layer on top of that to make it uh, searchable, findable, and navigable, and they add the quality. So they are taking all this as draft material and then uh, rewriting or editing it to make it quality usable technical content. So the, 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 the amount of, of straight writing being done by the technical communicator is going down, and that, that's a matter of, 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 of have to, because Engineering is pushing through more designs, more products, uh, reusing more than they ever did before. So the author can't keep up. The author should just give up on trying to keep up. They have to let some of that control go and move on to and just working smarter instead of harder. How, how can I get this content in, fixed up, and integrated into my content set more efficiently? Not how I can own my manual and own every every chapter and aspect of it. It's how can I apply business rules? How can I apply standards of good writing to all this stuff which is falling in every direction? It seems like that is an... I, in some ways, yeah, the technical writer is getting overwhelmed by content. But in other situations, people aren't getting that much contributions from users. The, the developers aren't... I mean, people... It's a cultural shift that people haven't quite embraced in many it's companies. So how do you how do you flip the switch in the user's mind that hey they can contribute? Uh, that is that was sort of the other half of my keynote, which was how do you how do you make it interesting for them? And some of the some of the quick ones that I did were talk about uh, surveying the the content consumers. If you do a, if you do a quick survey, you know, um, very cheap and easy, do it online. Use one of these survey services if you need to. And just get some statistical data on how the content consumers, either the public consumers or the internal consumers, if you have them, how what their experience is with the content. Um, what pieces, what documents that you produce do they use? What do they actually access? Do they use a quick start guide or do they not? Do they use the reference manual uh, every day or, or never? Do they think it has enough illustrations? Do they think that it cross-references within itself well? Ask some basic questions about how you're performing, uh, and it's good to see if you can Google up some examples of this to ask the right questions. Once you've got your results, you'll have metrics which you can then show to management and say, uh, we're not doing it right. This is, this is what the, the content consumers are telling me. And if you've got internal content consumers that are on the payroll, if you've got 100 engineers uh, maintaining the product out there in the field, and you say, they're telling me that they're referencing the, the documentation uh, several times a day to get their jobs done, and they're frustrated with it, then if you improve that, then you're affecting the efficiency of 100 staff so that you've got a business case there. If you talk about my tech comms department can be more efficient and save you 30% of three people's salaries. It's not very compelling. 
But if you say you can say five percent of a hundred people's salaries, suddenly you've got a very different uh, argument on the table. So you recommend um, that technical writers actually quantify their their business case and make an argument. What, what exactly are you arguing for? More resources or more more input? What? Exactly what you asked. Engagement. How do you know, how do you get them to participate? So what you're lobbying for is for them to see the big picture, not the manual, but the technical communication impact on the business. What does how we communicate to our, our service people and customers do to our business? Once you paint that bigger picture for them, then they say, okay, well, you know what? We've, the, the manager of services wants his service people to be more efficient. Therefore, he's going to give you some, some time to, for them to participate in your workshops to review your information architecture. He's going to uh, put in a workflow that says when they do uh, field service logs out in the field that you get accessibility to that, that so you can see it. Um, he's going to uh, say, well, if, we've, if they want machine-specific information or they want configuration-specific information that tells them exactly what one customer's uh, site configuration is like and gives them just the documentation they need for that configuration, if that's valuable, he's going to put time to help you into uh, to help you out putting together those workflows. It's a business process thing. So if you make a business case, it doesn't have to be a straight dollars thing. You just say, give me your, give me some time, so that we can all become more efficient in how we communicate. Nas. Uh if people want to find out more information about you or about um, any of these things you've been talking about, do you have a site or any references they could look at? Absolutely. Um, as I mentioned, uh, um, as we had been discussing before we started the podcast, um, I'm heavily involved with the XPubs organization. XPubs is a nonprofit um conference and information resource. Uh, we work a lot with Scott Abel and the Content Wrangler. We distribute white papers, we do seminars and online events, and we also do an annual conference coming up in June. Uh, and so if you check out x-pubs.com, you can find out a little bit more about XHubs. We're also starting a group on the content rental community for XPubs information. Mecon.com is my, is my company's uh, website, and we have news about uh, our activities and case studies and press releases on there. And uh, uh, just emailing me at uh, noz.urbina at mecon.com, and I'm happy to answer any questions of your audience. All right, and that's mecon, M-E-K-O-N. M-E-K-O-N.com. All right, thanks, Nas. Thank you very much, Tom. <laughs>